When I used to teach in Toronto and go in twice a week, it was at a time at the end of my career when we were learning a lot about how to use technology. And because I wanted my students to use technology and integrate it in their teaching practices, after all, they were learning to go into classrooms, I tried to model everything that I wanted them to do. So I used a lot of technology in my classroom as a, as a teaching tool. And every so often I'd run into a, a question or a problem and I always knew that the students were always one step ahead of me. So I would ask one of the students who was most amenable to helping me with the technology how to do something. Every single time, invariably, the student would say to me, Dr. S, Google it. You'll be amazed at what you can find. And invariably, that student was right. And so I've gotten to the point, like a lot of kids, 50 years younger than me, I've gotten used to the idea that when I want to find the answer to something, I can Google it. But what I do for myself and what I do or would do if I had students is a very different thing. And it occurred to me today that I could spend a little bit of time talking about how we can use Google and the search for information to help students become better at finding information, at sorting information, at measuring the value of information and so forth. So even if you're just working with your own children and you encourage them to Google, you need to teach them how to use Google intelligently. So you need to talk about what words to search for to give you an explanation. Most of you listening to this will remember when we had card catalogs. And we'd have to go looking in the library in a card catalog for a citation or a reference that we would need. So let's say I'm a grade five student and I want to do research on dogs because the teacher wants us to do speeches on dogs. And so my students in the good old days, and I don't mean that really that they were better days than they are today. I meant when I was a student or when I was a new teacher, they would run to the card catalog and they would look up dog. And then they'd go running to the to the shelf in the in the library and they'd pull out a book on dogs. Maybe if we were lucky I'd get a student who would know the 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 variety of dog the 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 breed of dog. Sorry, I knew variety wasn't right. 
the breed of dog. And so maybe they were looking for Collie or Cocker Spaniel or German Shepherd. Because in the old days, if a book had, if it was a book about dogs, there would be a card for the book under dogs, and there would be a card for the book under Cocker Spaniel, if it was about Cocker Spaniels in general. Similarly today, if a child goes online in Google and types in the word dog, they're going to get reams of information and you know that that's not efficient. You want them to think about what they want to know. What breed do they want to know about? Do they want to know <coughs> about the color of dogs or the way in which dogs are bred or what food dogs would would enjoy what a breed of dog would and what kind of food would be best for a particular breed of dog and so forth. So you get them to start thinking about the kind of question they want to ask. So you sit with them and you help them think of a list of questions. Even if they're too young and you want to scribe for them, you ask them, what do you want to know? Because that helps us frame the words we're going to type in. Because today, you can type in any word or any phrase and have it lead to information. So once they've thought about the word or phrase that they're going to use, the next question is to get help them to understand that some sites have more information of use to them than other sites. Depending upon the age, and it's very difficult to make up a video on the use of Google and have it apply to all ages. So let's talk about uh, 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 intermediate grades, 7, 8, 9, and 10. They know enough to be able to write their own questions and they have an idea of what specifically they're looking for. So you get them to think about how to frame the question or what phrase to look up so they find information that's valid, that's going to be useful. But when I was a when I taught in a K to eight school, they had a unit on debating every year. And I thought it was a fantastic unit. I loved when the students were doing their debating units because they would be asking for the most important kinds of questions. But today, if they were still doing debating in the public school or even in the elementary school, now you have to go one step out overhead of what? you need to ask the students to think about where the information is coming from. Whether that information is going to be valid or reliable or biased. So you have an opportunity to talk about 
to talk about the validity of information, the reliability of information, the lack of bias in information when students do searches on the web for using an, um, a search word in Google and asking questions that way. So you encourage them to focus and to then not just look at the first site that they come to because the way the algorithm works is that the sites that are most frequently looked at are the ones that come up most frequently under the assumption that if people look to those sites, the information is more valid than some other site. So then you have an opportunity to ask the students about looking at the links that Google prepares for them and then deciding which ones would lead to the least biased. It is very important in Google that you talk to your students about where the information comes from. In the good old days, when students would do, were interested in, say, the Holocaust, and there were students who were interested in the Holocaust, they would do a Google search, and the sites that came up first were white supremacist sites that denied the existence of the Holocaust. And so students who were lazy would go to one site, read that one site, even if it was biased, and then come to conclusions. Which brings me to another point. If students are doing research, they should be expected to look at more than one site and to save where they get their information from. It's one thing to be able to say, I read somewhere on a site that. It's another thing to say, at site A, they talk about these things. And at site B, they talk about some of the same things, but they add extra points. So when we say use Google, it's not just a matter of running to the computer, opening up the browser, opening up Google, and typing a word or a couple of words. The astute teacher, and this is where it begins, it begins with our kids, not with adults who've already formed their own biases and have their own points of view. It begins with our kids, helping them to do research to find information, to be intelligent users of a site like Google so that the information they are reading and the sites they are reflecting upon give them a variety of different perspectives. And you can talk about perspective with students almost at any age. I remember once having to explain when browsing was new, how to teach 
teachers to understand how to get students to look for, at something from a different perspective. And the way in which it was explained, and I've used this myself uh, going forward, was to talk about Little Red Riding Hood and to ask students, and you can do this with even young students, ask students to look at Little Red Riding Hood and the story from the point of view of the wolf rather than Little Red Riding Hood and talking to students, even young primary students, whose eyes are, are absorbing and telling the story through. Who, who, whose point of view is the story come to us, coming to us from? Somebody who's observing and reporting or somebody who it happened to and is telling the story or somebody who's heard this story from someone else and is repeating it. And so if you look at questions in the middle, beginning with what, you then can branch out to how and why and who and so forth. Back in the good old days, we used to do a unit with students about the newspaper and talking to them about the six honest serving men. That good newspaper reporters asked who, what, when, where, how, and why. And in a way, because we don't have a newspaper unit anymore, we've lost that perspective. It takes training at the beginning. Whether you're a teacher or a parent, it takes training at the beginning. But the training is worth it because you set the foundation for an intelligent consumption of information and testing your students or your kids to ask them to answer the six honest serving men questions. Who are you talking about who, where, when, where, how, what, sorry, who, what, when, where, how, and why. And if the students can answer all those questions intelligently, then maybe we're talking about facts. If they can't answer all those questions, maybe it's time to talk to them about the difference between fact and fiction. Google is valuable, very valuable. We all use it personally and we all want our kids to be able to use it because it does save time. You can find way more information in five minutes with Google than you could ever find in even the biggest libraries using a card catalog. But we have to become intelligent users of the tool. And that's what I hope I've helped you think a little bit better about. Bye for now.